Welcome to the Nexia Melbourne podcast, designed to help accountants grow their practices. This podcast interviews the knowledge base in the Nexia accounting firm to provide you with insights and examples of how to better advise your clients, helping you retain your bigger clients and grow your practice. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Nexia podcast, accounting advice for accountants. So today we have Tino De Batista, who is coming to talk to us about self-managed super funds or SMSFs, Smurfs as some people call them. So firstly, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. And could you introduce yourself a bit about for the audience about uh, you know yourself, your role, and what you do here at Nexia? So how far would you like me to go back in? Uh, all the way <laughs> all to nineteen hundred. And- <laughs> so uh, as I said, Tino De Batista is my name. Obviously. Um, Involved in next year looking after self-managed super funds for our clients and uh, for other accounting firms also. So we do a bit of work around the SMSF space. Uh, my my role in SMSFs, I guess, started right back in uh, in the days when I was with the tax office, going right back to the 80s. 80s, wow. And um, superannuation then was quite easy until about 1983. And, of course, the big change that happened then around uh, superannuation and the whole uh, tax arrangement around super. So I was in a specialist team at that time and got involved and interested in super. In fact, wrote the um, manuals that we used nationally in the ATO at that time. Wow. And uh, so that's really where it started. And I haven't been able to get away from it in all the other roles that I've done. (laughs) Obviously, either working for myself or working at Nexia, which I've been doing for about close on 30 years now. Wow. Yeah. So when you say the big changes in 83, was that when self-managed super funds first came about or was it no, other changes? No, so the changes that I'm referring to there is when they changed the taxation on super. So prior to that, there was a 5% tax on uh, on lump sums and uh, you might remember there was uh, air, air pilot strikes around that time when they changed the rules. Yeah. And, uh, was the strike regarding the rules? Or? Yeah, it was regarding really? the rule changes. So ah. my, uh, my uh, baptism into presenting as a young uh, graduate, I guess, or fairly fairly new into the uh, tax office at that time, was standing up in front of uh, a group of airline pilots at, in an uh, auditorium explaining the new rules. So <laughs> you would have been in my 20s. So yeah, I was going to say. a challenge back then, yeah. 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 And so when did that, so that was the, the change to, you know, fixed yep. percentage or, or whatever it is. So, so then, you know, self-managed super funds came in at a later time. When, when was that? Just So that would, that was uh, around, um, around the later 80s, I guess they, really started to take off self-managed super funds. And, yeah. uh, and of course, as most people who will probably be listening to this will um, know that the government's always uh, tinkering around the rules around superannuation and, uh, and how it impacts on SMSFs is, uh, is a challenge for most people in the industry in terms of being able to give uh, confident advice to, to clients. Yeah, and I know for changes. myself, like I, I have a self-managed mm. super fund myself, um, and so it's, it's always difficult to know what to do next because you don't know what the rule changes are going to be for next year. You know, to put more money in, to put less money in, you know, yep. what are the particular things. And, and, and in future episodes, I really do want to drill down on some of those things because I know that the accountants listening out there or even some of the people who, who have a fund have very specific questions about it, you know, relating to things like cryptocurrency or property or mm. specialist investments or, you know, even they've been allowed to take money out. Yep. recently and sure. so those implications there's there's so much to cover but today i wanted to get more of a, an overview of 
of sort of the advice because I know there's some specific rule changes coming up mm-hmm. uh, that we want to cover. But before we do that, so just a bit more about the the type of clients you work with here. So are you working with high net worth individuals or are you advising accountants as well who work with those sorts of people? Sure. Just a bit more about the portfolio. So in terms of my uh, role, even though I'm focusing on the self-managed super funds, um, Clients, uh, I do have clients in other, in, in, in uh, sort of manufacturing and uh, professional uh, clients, uh, doctors, lawyers and so on, that we look after not only their super but also their other tax obligations and, and high net wealth families. So we have a lot of clients who have what we call high net wealth uh, clients that um, need advice not only for today but also around estate planning, next generation, uh, family family uh, transition from one generation to the next in terms of wealth transition. So we do a lot of work around around those clients. Mm. And uh, super does figure um, in that. And of course, uh, hopefully, um, once we finally get the, uh, the changes in regards to six member funds, we'll have a look at that and see how we can utilize that. So at the moment, most people would be aware that you're limited to four members in a self-managed super fund. And uh, so those who've got three children who want to include their children in self-managed super funds really don't have any option other than maybe setting up two funds. So at the moment, we're looking at how we might be able to apply those changes when they finally come through. Okay, I didn't know that actually. So there you go. (laughs) Learned something new already. They've been talking about that for a while, but obviously just keeps getting pushed in terms of falling onto other bills. Yeah, yeah. So you're dealing with, um, do you call that a family office with... Yes, so that's our family office offering that we provide to high net wealth that want that extra little bit of um, advice rather than just the standard annual compilation and audit service that we provide to to our SMSF clients Mm. and also to our non-SMSF clients. Um, So those who are wanting more around, uh, you know, planning for the future. So it involves things like obviously financial planning, uh, estate planning. Um, We do do family family meetings with the next generation, which is important. So we've got a number of clients who we're looking after, say, the third generation already wow. in terms of, you know, the being in their 70s. So that's already the third generation and we're now looking to move to the next generation and, and really getting them involved. And one of the ways we also do that is for a number of them that have got a, uh, a lot of wealth in the family and want to protect that and also provide back to the community. We also uh, do some um, private ancillary fund work around those families, yeah. so setting up effectively a charity for the family yeah. as a legacy for them to be able to give back to the community. Yeah, great. We yeah. said Andrew Warren's in talking about um, yeah. the auditing on charities. In the auditing, so, yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's another episode yep. to listen to. Yep. So with these um, different groups, I mean, you're obviously doing this extensively and it's mm. yourself and a group of other people within Nexia. You're not doing this all by yourself, obviously. Yeah, no, I'd uh, have a lot more grey hair if I was doing it all <laughs> myself, but yeah. Um, obviously, we work as a team at Next Year, as most, uh, as one would expect, um, a highly professional team. So, in the partner group we have, as you mentioned, Andrew Werens, he's uh, one of our audit partners. Uh, we also draw on the experience of, um, of uh, our financial planning partner um, and also our tax consulting partner and also corporate advisory. Yeah. So, all of those things, we come together and actually look after... Um, the needs of a client um, holistically, I guess, is the word you'd probably be using in yeah. terms of um, not just looking at the tax issues, but looking at at uh, what the needs are for that family group across the board. Yeah, because it's very diverse when you're dealing with a family yeah. group because it could be in any different direction. Correct. It could be yeah. offshoring. There could be a whole yeah. bunch of different things. Yeah. So, so with that, um, we're, what we're doing with this account is podcast series is to help other accounts who maybe have one or two of these high net worth individuals mm. 
and they'd like to retain those clients. And so we're giving them, you know, the benefit of your wisdom of working with, yep. you know, a larger group of this and, and drawing on your specialty nature in order to give them some advice. So mm. one area that we thought we'd delve in today, and there's lots of areas in the future, but just today I know that there's a lot of rule changes in SMSFs. So we wanted to just sort of cover off, you know, what's the latest from your understanding of what's going on? Might have some still and some insiders in the tax office feeding you some information. I'm not sure that's how it works a long time ago. Can't can't deny or or, uh, <laughs> or otherwise on that. Yeah, but um, so just for um, you know, as of the the date of this episode, can you tell us what's the latest? I guess the thing that's probably most uh, on most accountants' um, minds at the moment, um, probably. I would say clients themselves would probably be uh, blissfully unaware of the change that's about to hit um, the self-managed super fund industry in terms of compliance and audit, and that's the impending uh, change or effective date of 1 July 2001, which is around the way that uh, accountants and provide accounting work, compliance work, tax returns, financial statements, and also the auditing of those. So, for example, it's not uncommon for a lot of accountants to have an associated um Firm do the audit whilst they do the accounting work. Um, the the um, changes which come into effect, which is around the accounting standards more than the legislation, uh, will actually um, mean that those accountants can no longer have that arrangement. Uh, there's a bit of information still coming through from the tax office in terms of how they'll enforce those changes. But, um, you know, the traditional, uh, you know, quid pro quo in terms of I'll give you you know, 50 funds to audit and you give me 50 funds and I'll audit your ones really won't work anymore. And in fact, even where there's three three firms actually doing a round robin arrangement, that's going to be um, also difficult. So we're still in the early stages, even though it's only a few months away in terms of actually understanding how the tax office will, will um, uh, enforce that. But uh, we're seeing a number of firms actually making the decision to move out of the audit space altogether. Uh, of accounting of uh, SMSFs, and really, then I guess that leaves some of the some of the firms that probably only have a handful of SMSFs wondering whether they need to invest the time and effort going forward mm-hmm. um, to look after those clients. What we do for for those accounting firms, uh, smaller accounting firms, is provide a solution where we can provide a um, uh, a service where uh, the client uh, contact remains with the accounting firm directly with with the accounting firm that we're working with. And uh, we can actually um, brand it using their their own details in terms of the compliance side, mm. and then we'll actually arrange for the audit to be done by a third party. Yeah. Um, oh, so you'll actually arrange the audit. We will arrange the whole process. Yeah, great. We can't actually do the audit, but we can still arrange it on behalf of the client. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. So there's that arm's length because correct, it's yeah. not them as the accounting firm organising it themselves. Correct, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that's. So, I mean, that would be attractive to you know, mm. obviously. A, an accounting firm that has only a few of these and yep. it's just easier to partner and outsource. But you provide other advice to the accountants, don't you? We do. But if I just touch on that last point again, just to expand a little bit more. So um, it's difficult to outsource to one provider. Um, so there's a number of large audit providers out there that also do administration services. Mm. And uh, some of them are still advertising that they can do both. And um, well, personally, I don't think that's going to be possible unless there's clear separation between their administration function and, and their audit function. Mm. Um, so what we offer is, as a, as a go-between, is actually um, doing the compliance work uh, in-house here yeah. and actually arranging for the audit so that the accounting, the smaller accounting firm may only have a dozen or 
or 20 funds, for example, or even less than that. Um, only needs to deal with us, not with the auditor separately, and uh, and they can provide the work back to their client uh, using their own branding. Yeah, and that's how we help them grow is by maintaining their higher clients Correct. rather than the client moving completely to somebody else who does this facility. Correct. Um, because there's still a whole bunch of relationship and other yeah. management issues that they need to deal yeah. with with those particular clients. So, yeah. uh, and they might have you know financial other financial services with them as well. Yeah. And, and it's important, and we do sign off on that to ensure that we don't uh, market to those clients at all Yeah. in terms of our other services. And uh, as far as the client is concerned, we're just a service provider to their accountant um, and uh, they don't hear from us other than other than as is um, needed through, through the accounting firm that we see as our client rather than the uh, trustees or the members in that case. Hmm. And you've been doing this arrangement with, with other people for a long time. So yep. there's a long history of, of keeping those, those yep. walls quite solid. Yeah. And we do it not only in, in, uh, in the super sphere, but also um, in providing tax consulting and other services. So, so um, we work with a number of other smaller firms that maybe don't have the expertise or the resources to be able to look at the, that work for their clients. Yeah, well, it's a different model. I mean, you're, you're you know, a, a bigger city-based operation with, you know, many directors, so you can mm. have very specialist advice in very various areas. And with a, a firm that might only have a few partners, then, you know, they're not going to have that breadth uh, or depth of experience yeah. uh, with their particular clients. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, look, most accounting firms, uh, most accounting partners would have uh, the, the, a fair amount of um, knowledge uh, in terms of breadth. But as you say, to have the depth of knowledge and, and probably more, more importantly, the resources mm. to actually deal with those issues um, is becoming harder and harder and uh, more um, fraught with danger in terms of you know, the minefields of red legislation and rules that you need to be aware of. Yeah. And there's also the advice that um, that has to be provided to, to clients around SMSFs, uh, contributions, uh, pensions, um, withdrawals and so on. So some of those things need to be done in a particular way to ensure that um, it is not financial advice or if it is financial advice that it's done under appropriate licensing. So we can arrange that with the uh, with the accounting firms also. Yeah. And some of those firms will already be providing some financial advice mm. so they can continue to do that and we'll take care of the administration and the audits through through our um, arrangements that we have. Mm. And it's even someone to bounce ideas off, I, I would imagine, mm. is you've got a particularly challenging client situation and you need someone to talk to. Yeah. Uh, having a relationship with a big firm with deep, you know, deep advice and lots of partners it's not just the Melbourne office; it's you've got access to the to the Nexia network, Australia and beyond. So you could probably have Correct. that depth of experience in that yeah. very special. If there's a particular, you know, um, question that's that's challenging, they could you could you know reach out to your network. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah I think I mentioned uh, before the start of this podcast to you, Andrew, that I was just talking to our, uh, Brisbane office on a on a matter. So um, yeah, we just pick up the phone, talk to you know, we've got offices in. Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, um, Sydney, um, and obviously here in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and of course, we've got um, access to all those. But more than that, we have an ongoing um, meet, uh, monthly meeting uh, by the superannuation experts in each of those offices. So we meet regularly and and exchange ideas and issues. And um, and so we work fairly closely together. Mm. So as you say, if there's an issue that comes up that for whatever reason we can't deal with here in Melbourne, we can draw on our offices nationally yeah yep. yeah and it must be challenging um, it must be challenging with the 
amount of rule changes just to keep up to date with them all. So you mentioned this is coming in July first, uh, I think you said. For, but what has been communicated so far, it seems like there's a, they're drip feeding a little bit of, of data, but it's not really seems to be uh, transparent. Yet. Well, the rule change is there by way of the uh, the accounting standard that, that takes effect. And there's a chart um, of accounting standard. It applies to the accounting industry, so all accountants um, uh, would be required to follow the accounting standard. Mm. Um, but what's been trickling through is really how how certain arrangements that accounting firms may make in order to uh, deal with the change that's coming from 1 July, whether certain arrangements will actually be compliant mm. as far as the tax office is concerned. So as I said before, there's all different um, scenarios that people are putting up. Uh, to the tax office. So. Yeah, they're not giving you much time to make a different arrangements, are they? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess the ATO would argue that, you know, the information's been out there for a while, but obviously the COVID years had um, other issues on mm. the forefront of uh, practitioners' minds. And um, this is one that's really sort of crept up quickly um, after Christmas, I guess. It's really come to the fore in January, February. Mm. So is there any, any other specific uh, advice you, you'd want to provide to accountants at this time regarding those rule changes? Separation is, is one. Yeah, look, as I said before, I think the most important thing is for accountants to make a decision um, whether they really want to invest the time um, in providing that service where there is this extra complication about um, the arrangements that they may have and uh, the effort they'll have to put in and uh, whether those uh, changes will in fact be compliant or whether they want to look at a situation where um, partnering with a firm like Nexia uh, will give them the opportunity to devote their resources to growing their firm and working with us to help grow their their practice and maybe target other clients within their firm that maybe haven't been given the option or looked at the opportunity of maybe commencing a self-managed super fund mm. if it's if it's appropriate in their circumstances. So. You know, often we find with small firms, they're just busy trying to get through the annual work with yeah. whatever funds are there or other clients that they have on the books. Uh, and they're really not having much time to look at other opportunities that they could be farming, mm. uh, for want of a better word, through their existing client base. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, having a self-managed super fund myself, I know that there's there's quite a bit of compliance work yeah. involved in that and expense from a, from a customer's point of view. But there's also a lot of flexibility. So there's there's pros and cons. So yep. maybe in a future episode, we could go through, you know, what makes a client, you know, uh, suitable for a self-managed super fund. That's probably a, a good yeah, topic. That's always, that's always a uh, topic for great debate uh, <laughs> debates over the years. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, and there's a number of factors. So yeah, probably in a, a future episode, episode we'll uh, delve into that a bit more in a bit more detail. There's differing views. Uh, it's not just about money or the amount of money that goes in, but it's other issues to consider. Yeah. Yep. And and probably also some other areas with self-managed funds, like we talk about, you know, various investment scenarios, yeah. you know, being overseas, um, maybe even during COVID, there's been a lot of challenges and changes in super yep. uh, or, or uh, like people being able to take money out, for instance. So maybe we'll cover those in, in future episodes. Mm. Um, now, I know that you're a, you're a big traveller, so you've not been able to uh, experience that lately. So you're probably just looking at pictures of Italy from <laughs> on postcards. <laughs> it or has what? been challenging, obviously, uh, with COVID amongst, look, I mean, there's, I think we're fairly fairly well off here in Australia compared to the rest of the world. Mm. So um, can't complain too much, but... Yeah, look, after the, the kids have, had grown and uh, we were sort of trying to do a bit more in terms of travelling, um, even I think we did our first uh, cruise in 2017 and oh. um, I think my wife has said that no more cruises after 
you know. I've never even been on a cruise. Yeah. I, I wanted to try one at least once. Yeah, so. so it was it was it was great, you know, through the Mediterranean. So, you know, we love uh, going to Europe. Uh, America's nice also, but I think Europe's the the attraction. So. We're not sure how, how long it'll take to um, be able to get back to, mm. to Europe, but certainly um, we're now concentrating on, on uh, just uh, focusing our travel here in Australia, which yeah. I think is a good thing. Mm. And, um, and uh, we'll start doing that in the next couple of weeks, actually. A little trip um, organised because of a wedding that's happening. It'll only be, only, be uh, only a few hours away, but still, yeah. Yeah. Nice so, to get away. And you're you're Italian, and you mentioned your your wife was Greek. So there must be a big debate about where to so go yeah, when you're well, traveling. Well, I'm yeah born born in Australia, Italian origin. My wife's um, Greek origin, born in Germany, as as it as it happens. And uh, yeah, we do have we do have some discussions around who invented what and whether <laughs> where the origins of words come from, <laughs> which I'm sure most uh, Greeks and Italians would be able to associate with. Yeah. 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 And then she's an accountant as well, and I believe it runs in the family. It's a, it's yeah. a rarity. We did meet in the tax office many years ago um, <laughs> when I was working there. Um, and, uh, yeah, my son has um, also uh, works as an accountant, um, was working for KPMG but now works in industry, and my daughter's also working as an accountant, working in um, in corporate uh, finance sort of space. So what do you talk about around the dinner table? Is it debate the SMS? Well, I guess we go right back. We were, my wife and I were talking about tax issues and I guess through osmosis, my son sort of picked up the uh, <laughs> the lingo and uh, maybe, uh, you know, either got, in, I don't want to use the word infected, but maybe got infected <laughs> with, the, with the tax virus. So, so yeah, um, yeah, my wife, I guess, as I said, we met in the tax office. I remember having to... Um, Ex- exclude her or remove her from one of the training uh, sessions that I was running because <laughs> uh, she was giggling in the back with her friend who's now my daughter's godmother. But, yeah. <laughs> so I still, um, yeah, look. Yeah. What a nice history. So are these rule changes in SMF going to cause some division because, you know, you've got to separate between auditing and you're going to have to have to separate dinners and not talk about certain things? I know. We'll, uh, we'll continue to discuss this. <laughs> uh, my wife's not in the audit space. So she oh, does. lucky. Like she you. works in the same sort of space as I do for other firms. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, I appreciate your candor today. I think it's um I think it's important space that mm. people need to be aware of. It's a lot of changes. So we'll get you back in a few weeks and we'll listen to uh, we'll talk about some other more specific areas. Sure. But if anyone wants to reach out to you, we'll put your details in the show notes. Um yep. if they okay to email you or connect with you on LinkedIn. Either one is is uh, would be great. Um, email or, or LinkedIn is fine. Yep. Yeah, great. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate your time today, Tino, and Thanks, uh, enjoy your holiday. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the Next in Melbourne podcast, a podcast designed to help grow your accounting practice. The contents of this podcast is for general information only and not to be used for specific advice purposes or for formulating decisions. Next year, Melbourne PTY Limited, its directors and its employees excludes all liabilities relating to relying on the information and ideas contained within. Next year, Melbourne, ABN 46109590169, is an independent firm of chartered accountants with a limited liability by a scheme approved under the professional standards legislation. It is affiliated with, but independent from, Nexia Australia PTY LTD. Nexia Australia PTY LTD is a member of the Nexia International, a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. To gain specific advice from our firm, 
please contact us at info at nexiummelbourne.com.au.